And we're live in three, two. Oh, yeah, that's right. We are coming at you live from Canada, from the U.S. We've got Grit and Grace TV coming at you. It's been all week. I mean, I can't believe we actually went a week and a day. That sucks. <laughs> Bad. I, I, I mean, I was going through Lynn withdrawals because I was like, I really want to do this show tonight. I have such an amazing uh, a gift for you. I, I, I guess I wouldn't call it a gift. I guess you're the only one that can call it a gift. But I've got <laughs> the prize planned for you here in just a couple minutes. But, uh, man, uh, I, I'm sorry, guys. It was my fault. I was the reason why we didn't do a show last night. I I had to go get some fluids pumped into me. I, I got a little dehydrated at work yesterday. And so, you know, it is what it is. Sometimes medically, you know, it things don't always go as planned. So that's that's really what, what happened. Yeah, but at least you're alive. I couldn't believe it when you messaged me and told me you were not doing well. I thought, oh, my God, because I know how dangerous that can be. That's pretty nasty. Yeah, and I've got a history of of heat exhaustion and heat injuries, <sighs> and I know better. I know that once you've had heat heat exhaustion or heat cramps or things like that, it can hit you a lot easier. So even knowing that, I I didn't take the proper precautions. I I was drinking water after you know when they say that water can can in fact hurt you they're absolutely right because i drink so much water i drink a gallon and a half of water it depleted all the sodium in my body and it wasn't able to function correctly it's basically what i was told yeah i guess it would dilute it right it would dilute the sodium in your system but I was I was bombed. We didn't do our show, but at least you're alive and you're okay. So I messaged you right away this morning, like, please tell me you're better, like, because it can be dangerous. I mean, I've never experienced it myself, but I know it can be dangerous. So, and so you got lots of well wishes on our Facebook page, and and uh, everybody, I was asking everybody to send you good good vibes, good juju. So, yeah, and that is so awesome. So thank you very much to everybody who sent me your well wishes. You know, I appreciate each and every one of you. Hey, thank you very much. I, you know, we don't know what we mean to other people until they voice their opinion. And uh, there again, the crickets are coming back to haunt me. Uh, I'm just going to have to switch out my, my uh, microphone altogether. However, I've got a surprise for you. I, I want to bring us into the show because you had mentioned something that you had something planned for the show. So I, I, I well, you wanted to talk about something at the top of the show. So I, I wanted to do something special. I wanted to bring us in in a different way. So I, I have a song that I want to sing to you. Oh, you're going to sing. I'm going to sing a song. Okay. Uh, are we ready to, are we ready for the song? I, I see right now over here on one of those sides over there, actually, I see we have a couple of people watching. So bear with me. I'm not a professional songologist, if that's what they call them anymore. But uh, I'm going to I'm going to give it my best. So it's your debut. You? It's your uh, debut. Oh yeah. This is my worldwide live debut. Here we go. Yeah. I'm picking a song 
that Monty Python uh, from Monty Python. So here we go. Isn't it awfully nice to have a penis? <laughs> Isn't it frightfully good to have a dong? It's well to have a It's divine to own a dick. From the tiniest little tender to the world's biggest prick. So three cheers for your Willie or John Thomas. Hooray for your one-eyed trouser snake. Your piece of pork, your wife's best friend, your Percy or your cock. You can wrap it up in ribbons. You can slip it in your sock. But don't take it out in public or they'll stick you in the duck and you won't come back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's funny. That is so funny. Great job. I figured I would bring it into, you know, we had this conversation the other night about the penis. So I yeah. figured why not <laughs> the show with a song about the penis? Oh my God. That is good. Good job. Yeah. Well, I messaged you about that. And, but I mean, <laughs> so people aren't wondering that's, you know, yeah, we it don't was about talking about penises all the time. It just happened to be an article. <laughs> yes. So there is an article, and it will post it on the Facebook page. It's not posted. We didn't post it on there, did we? No, we'll post it on there after. No. So is this article about that. I think it's called My Penis and Me or something. And so, so I read this article, and it, like, really – affected me so I messaged CJ right away like I was like really like I felt like I'd been kicked in the gut and so here's the, the backstory our second show about I don't know four weeks ago um it was called uh grace for the win and in that show we had uh, a question from a viewer from a female viewer Wondering what men preferred in terms of landscaping. And that was a great show. If you didn't see it, you should go back and watch it because it was really good. But but in answering that question, and you went through so much work polling guys and asking, it was really good. It was very interesting, very interesting. And so then you turned it on me and asked, okay, so from a woman's perspective, you know, what? how did they view it? And so my response, and it, my response has always been, that is not the most attractive apparatus that you guys have. And so then reading this article a couple of days ago, I just happened to be reading it. And I guess it really, I don't know, it struck me at a certain time in reading this article about um, shame that men go through when it comes to their penises and how some of them really struggle. Like you read the article. Yeah. And I read it twice actually, because I, I was trying, I was struggling trying to find out where there's a problem to be honest with you. Yeah. And, and no, not that all men would struggle with that, but in reading that article, this woman interviewed talked to like a hundred men and uh, they went through, they, you know, a lot of them really struggled with that, with self, self-confidence and body shame and all of that. And when I read that, that just really struck me. And then it made me think about that episode and the comment I made and, 
you know, uh, hey, Angela, yeah, it was a great article. And it just made me think about that. And I thought, my God, what if men were going around saying, breasts are really not attractive. Breasts are really ugly. I don't like, like, or any female body part. I think that would be a tough, I look at my perspective, I'd be like, well, geez, thanks. I can't help it. Like I have boobs. Like, so it, you know, when you look at it from a different perspective of men also deal with body shame, but men don't say anything. Men are the strong, quiet ones and they take a lot of ribbing from women. They, there's the double standard on jokes. Um, you know, they'll, you'll see the, the memes, um, you know, of some big guy in a speedo and women are sharing it and they're laughing and they're making fun. And my God, if a man did that on social media for a woman that was overweight, you guys wouldn't survive. So there's that double standard. And I caught into that. I've never liked those memes, but I will make that comment about it's not the most attractive apparatus you guys have. And so uh, that was like a slap in the face to me. It was like, Lynn, like you did that. Like you did that. Not realizing that some men probably, you know, struggle with that. And we know that because we read the article and I thought, whoa, like, whoa, I just felt so. <gasps> and I know there was a lot of guys watching that episode. For all I know, one of them, that is an issue for them. Maybe body confidence is an issue for them. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of guys do struggle with that. Um, it, and it doesn't matter whether they they have what they what some people might consider beggars or small or fat or skinny. There's so many different ways that that people get really uh, insecure about what they have, and a lot of times guys will. I mean, when you're looking down from the view from the top. Yeah, it just it is what it is. So it's not like it's like oh yeah, I'm, there I am. You know, it's yeah. It really it's it's kind of a weird perspective, and women have that outside perspective where they're looking straight on. So yeah, guys do get a little insecure. They especially when they're with a partner who's had other partners. Yeah. So, yeah. It's it, the question in their mind all the time is, do I match up? Do I measure up? Um, am I as big or as I, or am I smaller than her last? Is she happy with it? Is she satisfied? Yeah. 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 It just really opened my eyes. It just really, it was a real, like, like it just really grabbed me. And I got really emotional after I read it. And that's when I messaged you, right? So mm. so now it's been a couple of days. So I've like processed it, but it really like slapped me in the face. I thought, oh my God, like I did that. And, and men being as quiet as they are, I just thought, oh my God, I never want to do that. I never want to add to, because we all struggle with that. We all sometimes, you know, it's our own process of dealing with our bodies and, and parts of ourselves that maybe we don't like or that we're working on and working through. I don't ever want to contribute to someone's struggle that they're already having. I'm, 
So anyway, that, that was the issue for me. So I apologize to all the men that were watching, to you, to anybody I've ever said, your package isn't attractive because I love men. I love the whole package of you guys and it includes your package. So <laughs> I don't want to add to, to that at all. So that was a great article and I shared it and, and uh, I think Angela put it on our, she might've put it on our, uh, on our Facebook page below the video. So put it in the comments. So thank you very much, Angela, for uh, posting that. Um, yeah. I will, uh, I will find something here to say to send you. Um, you, you get an empty uh, CD sleeve. I'm gonna send that to you for, for awesome. And sure, no, I'm just uh, just playing around. But anyways, uh, to this month, June is pretty much wedding month. I mean, you're starting now till the end of August. We are going to be kicking off the wedding season. And in order, in honor of that, we, June, we picked June to kind of talk a little bit about relationships. So how about we get into that? Let's get into that. All right. Let's jump right in. Yeah. So we thought, hey, we didn't ask everybody to share. Please share this video because we want to, you know, get the word out and help other people and be able to answer questions. And we would love, love, love if you would share this out right now. And um, we would love you forever. And I wouldn't send you an empty CD sleeve for it. <laughs> and, and I'm saying share it just because, well, I said share it. Just it because. Might, just because. He's so demanding. He's I, so demanding. Demanding. I'm going to have to go play poker this weekend because I'm not demanding. Uh, I wouldn't do that. Maybe if you're watching, I'm sorry, I'm not going to go play poker. I promise. Just no, he's going to rest and recuperate. <laughs> So, uh, and have late night conversations. Um, so yeah, so we thought let's kick it off with some things that we maybe don't talk about at the start of a relationship that maybe we should, because you can find yourself later on in a relationship going, shit, I didn't know it was going to be like this. <laughs> I think we should have talked about it a little bit. And, you know, I think it depends on where you are. You know, if you're young, I think it depends on where you are in life, whether you're older. I think if you're like our age, we've kind of, well, a lot of us, I think, have already been through one divorce and we're like on the second relationship. So I think things are a little bit different. We've evolved and, and we want different things when we're young. Um, you know, it's kind of we're not thinking about those things. We're, we don't even really know who we are and we get caught up in all of that stuff. So we thought it would be good to talk about some things that we think about, that we think you should talk about at the beginning of a relationship. So where are we going to start? Do we start with money? Sure, we can start with money. All right, let's talk about money. Because I think that is an important one. Apparently, that's a big issue in couples. What a big to leader to divorce. I know what everybody wants to hear, but I'm going to start small and we'll work into it. So, I knew you would. I knew you would. <laughs> we're on the same. So we're going to talk. Yes. We're going to talk about money first. Um, and I'll be honest with you. I had a hard time talking about money uh, with 
with my wife before we got married. I didn't grow up in an in, in a family where where money was really all that prevalent, so we didn't have a whole lot of we didn't have a whole lot of education on what money is used for. We kind of put it on a pedestal, and that's what it was. So we didn't have that conversation. No, we didn't. Yeah, and we we didn't have a lot of that either. But yeah, I remember talking to you about that, and I think most people they don't. Um, most families, I think it's a little bit different now. I know for myself, I talk to my son a lot about it. And a lot of my friends, uh, friends that have grandchildren talk about it a lot. But I think our generation, probably that wasn't really talked about. I think it was hidden. And and I think there was a lot of those beliefs like money doesn't grow on trees and, you know, those beliefs that come about from all of that. And it, it, I think it's so important because we have different styles and there's some people that use money to fill that void in themselves. If they're yeah. feeling shitty about themselves, what do they do? They go shopping, right? They buy, they buy stuff. I think that's a, that's a bigger problem than a lot of people admit. There's a lot of people that do that. They'll turn to shopping or they'll turn to, you know, uh, whatever it is, you know, maybe buying things for their friends. Yeah, it could be. You know, anything. Hey, let's go out for dinner. Next thing you know, they're they're just on a spending spree because it just makes them feel good. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, yeah. When In my first marriage, that we didn't talk about. I don't think we really talked about too much. But money wasn't one of the things that we talk about. Apparently, it's the number one thing that leads to divorce. Yeah, I've been in that situation where you're eating a lot of pasta because you don't have the money. Yeah, it does add to the, it does create stress in a relationship. I think um, there's usually one that's the spender and one that's a saver. Is that like that for you guys? Uh, yeah, I've seen that a lot. Unfortunately, in my family, we're both spenders. So <laughs> it's kind of, it's really, that's an awkward conversation when, hey, what'd you spend this money on? Uh, I don't remember. You know, so that's, those are conversations that we we need to have. We need to we need to figure out why it is that we're doing what we do before we get in. Maybe you don't want to get into that where you're both a spender. Yeah. Well, that'd be hard to like for one to reel the other one in, right? Because you, you both want to spend. Well, yeah, it it is, and a lot of times it's it's. Uh, it's not so much about reeling each other in. It's more or less about dealing with the stress of the problems it causes once you've already spent it. And yeah. that's where the problem uh, lies. Uh, if she's a spender and you're a spender and I'm a spender and we both go out and do our thing, next thing you know, we know we got a bill coming up. We're trying to figure out how are we going to get that bill paid before uh, this person or that person or something gets shut off or whatever it is. So the stress that it causes actually is where the fight comes from. It's not about the money so much as the stress from not knowing how you're going to solve a problem when you don't have the means to solve that problem. Yeah, it's not the money. It's the consequences that come about from how you deal with it, for sure. There's even some couples that will that compete to outspend or 
you bought that. Well, I'm going to go buy this. Not necessarily that they even really wanted it. It's like, well, you went and bought. I'm going to go out and buy something. It's dangerous stuff. Dangerous stuff. I think we need. I think that conversation needs to happen. Is you know, are you a spender? Are you a saver? Like, what types of things do you like to buy? Like, I'm all for like treating yourself and getting that thing you've had your eye on, but like you got to have that conversation of, you know, do you like to save and then to buy that big thing? Or do you like to buy what you want whenever you want? Like, because you don't want it. That's not, uh, that's not a fun conversation to have about money. It's not, it already causes so much anxiety and that's not a conversation that you want that could be down the road. And if you, are the person that likes to save and has goals for things when you save and the other one is constantly spending and you're like, we're never going to like buy that house. We're never going to, you know, if you've got that spouse that's coming home with, look at the new bike I bought or look at the boat I bought or, but we're going to have so much fun. And you're like, yeah, but we're never going to go on that trip. We talked about, we're never going to, I think having a good idea of what, what's your goals around, what you want to do with your money is so important because you know and another thing i know some people get really upset about this if if i told my wife that i wanted to have a separate bank account for example no joint accounts i don't want to deal with that you got to talk about that you got to decide whether you're going to have a joint account or a separate account you have to talk about where the money's coming from and where it's actually going um, if you work a job and she works a job, maybe she makes more money than you. Maybe you want to have some of that money going into your account because all the bills are coming out of your account. So there's, yeah. there's things to really talk about when it comes to your financials. Um, it's 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 important to have that up front. Uh, I didn't have that conversation. Um, we just went and we created a joint account. And then years later, some things happened where now she's being penalized because of some of the things that I had made mistakes to. So those, those are really things that you really have to take in consideration when uh, when you're starting that relationship and you're getting serious. And yeah, happens. good point. Yeah, good point. Good point. Because who's, yeah, who, you know, if you're, yeah, where's who's paying the bills and what bills are you paying and you know, and what bills am I paying and what, like, you know, and I think back, so with my husband and I, now we, um, we don't have a joint account. We have our own accounts. Um, we have it figured out to what, you know, what he covers and you know, what he gives me some to pay stuff and, and it works fine. I think way in the back, we had talked about, let's get a joint account, but it just never came about. Now with my ex-husband, um, I think, how did that even come about? How did that even work? But it did, we had a joint account and that is still my bank account to this day is a joint account with my ex-husband. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of trust. Is he off the account now though? No. Oh, he's still on the account. So there's- a Yeah, lot and it's been like, I don't know, 16 years since, yeah, since we split. Yeah. He's still on there. I mean, yeah, I totally trust him. Totally, totally trust him. 
He's never done anything to, but, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's to figure that out. I mean, that was our only account was that account and we paid bills out of it and we spent out of it. And I think about that now and it kind of gives me shivers actually. I don't know how that worked, but it worked very well. Um, we, and, and the other thing is who is going to, um, who is going to take care of that? Who's going to pay the bills? Who's, you know, I've seen situations where, you know, it's, and it's generally the woman who keeps track of the bills and pays the bills and does all that stuff and knows like whatever insurance you have and all that stuff. And I've seen it where, um, you know, one passes away, the other one has no clue what they pay where to find the information on it, anything. And I think, oh man, like the, you've got to have that figured out because it's bad enough you'd be going through that, but then you have to figure out, well, what bills do we pay and how much is it and who do I need to contact? And that's some freaky shit. I've seen a lot of people go through that and, I, and I'm the one that handles all the bills in the house as far as, um, anything that doesn't come out automatically. Like my husband does the, you know, the mortgage and the house insurance, and then I deal with everything else. He'd have no clue. So it's like, man, I'm going to write this down. Like, and I have life insurance and he didn't know where it is or how much it is or anything like that. So that's a good thing to keep in mind, especially if you're a little bit later in life, like make a list. So now that we touched on money, where do we go next? What What are some other things that we should talk about? Well, what do you think that, uh, let's talk about this because we got a question about this. Career. Uh, work. For some people, their career is really um, important to them. And we've got a question in about, you know, what if you get a job offer somewhere and it requires you to move to a different country, to a different state, different province? What do you do? Like, what if you, CJ, um, that's a good one, Angela, that too. What, what if you got an amazing freaking offer? You were going to get like, you know, double or at least one and a half times of what you're making, but you had to move out of state. Like, what would that be like? Um, I've actually been in that situation. And what had happened is my wife and kids stayed here in Rapid City and I went and worked in North Dakota. And I would come home about once every two or three months. I'd spend a weekend. I'd go back up and go to work. Oh, that's going to be tough. It, it is tough, but at the same time, you you know that it's going for something better. You know you're taking care of your family and it's setting them up. So it's a give and take thing. And she supported me in that decision. Yeah. We had talked a few times about her just moving up there, but it just never really uh, materialized. You never know. I was working in the oil industry, so we kind of had that thought in the back of our head. You know, we got a boom now. What happens when it busts? You know, we're going to be stuck in North Dakota. We're not, you know, so 
we decided that we would do the commute thing. I would work there. She would live here. That happens a lot here <clears throat> where I live. Um, I have a lot of friends whose husbands work in camp. So they fly out and they're gone, you know, anywhere from two to three weeks. And then they come back home for a week. That's quite a big thing. But what if you got, you know, what if, what if you're across the country? I mean, how long can you go on commuting? You know, what happens when uh, you have to go across the country? What if you have that opportunity and your partner is, I don't want to leave. I, you know, I, I'm not leaving. So Angela, my partners have always known I won't be living Nanaimo after 41 years. Cause my, yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing too, right? Um, that's, I think that's a discussion to have. And it may be later on in life because like Angela and like other people I know, your children are here, your grandchildren are here and you don't want to leave that. And, you know, I think it's an, it's an important discussion to have. Look, my career is very important to me. If I have an offer, an opportunity to move to Europe, because for some people that's the case. Um, you know, are you willing? Are you open? Like what, what, what would happen? And that's something that you have to have an idea about. And, you know, what if it comes down the road? 10, 15, 20 years later, and you have that opportunity. You've been waiting. You've been working for that opportunity. And it finally comes. And your partner's like, I, I don't want to do it. I can't. What do you do? What do you do? You've been waiting for that. And I think I've never been in that situation. I mean, I did move with my ex-husband. Um, we did move because he went to school, but it wasn't that far. We ended up coming back. But what do you do in that situation? I mean, you know, we all have goals and these things that we want to do in life. And at the end of the day, in the end of our life, we want to know that we lived a life that we love. Is that going to kill you to sacrifice to not move ahead and take that position? But we're also talking about a one-sided uh, conversation, though. The other person, they may have just as many strong reasons for staying where they're at. Oh, for sure. And that's why you, you should talk about it. Absolutely. Um, you know, for us, my, my wife had her mother here. She was extremely sick. So moving away, moving her away from her mom. In fact, we moved from Texas to here for her mother. So it kind of goes the other way around also. Uh, and I left a great career as a, as a underwater uh, diver, as a, as a commercial diver, so we can move to be closer to our family. So it, it goes both ways. It depends on what's most important at that moment. And really, you, you have to be able to talk about those things. What, what ifs? I don't like to say what if, but every time I say there's no such thing as what if, there's only a what is, what if comes and bites me in the ass. Yeah. I can't believe you were a freaking underwater diver. You every time you open your mouth, you amaze me. <laughs> There's always something new that you've done. Well, it's like I said, I love to experience life. If there's something that I want to do, I'm going to go after it. I am not going to let, you know, you can experience life. You don't have to move all over the world to experience life. You can experience life 
anywhere at any time. And for me, that that meant, you know, moving down to Texas or, or moving back here to South Dakota, whatever it has, whatever it has been, it's always been a decision my wife and I have made together. It's never been, hey, I want to do this, come along. It's always been, hey, do you think we, you know, we can make this work? So there's mm-hmm. always there's always that communication aspect. Her, you know, me talking to her or her talking to me about what's important for the good of the family, not just the good of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and that's the whole thing, right? You got to talk about it and find what works for you. For mm-hmm. some people, that just may not work. They just, right? But have that conversation for sure. So now let's let's uh, put the kids to bed. <laughs> you know, Do you want to talk nasty now? <laughs> We're going to get down and dirty. Oh, wait, that's not our show. Um, no, that's right. Sorry. That ain't our show. <laughs> I had to throw a dig out there. My bad. Sorry, Scott. Anyways, I, I'm I'm feeling feisty today. I, I just have. Oh, this, good. I just have this thing. You know, I'm drinking a lot of water still, so I don't usually drink when I'm when I'm on camera. But I'm drinking a lot of water still because I'm not quite up to par yet, and because of that, you know, I I got a little feisty, and. uh this and I've been kind of waiting for this part of the this part of the conversation because I think it's gonna <laughs> be fun. I think it's gonna be awesome. Well, so, you can't. Okay, I'll let I'll, I'll let you determine how um, X-rated the conversation's gonna be. It's not gonna be pornographic by any means, <laughs> but. But well, maybe not like our private conversations. <laughs> well, we'll take, we'll see where this we'll see where what happens and where this goes. So I'm gonna just type in the title of this part of the segment, this part of the show. Let's talk about sex, baby. Yeah. Let's talk about sex, baby. See, we're all singing. The penis we're all singing on the show tonight. Yes. <laughs> oh, you are feisty tonight. <laughs> This should be this should be a show that I play around with, but no. The, here's the thing: that's the one thing that nobody does enough of. They don't talk about sex, and I'm not saying that it because you know it's the whole pornographic thing. You don't know what you're getting into when you when you get when you're young and you're 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 in lust for each other. You don't think about what it's going to be. A year from now, seven years from now, ten years from now, those thoughts aren't in your mind. You don't know if maybe that person that you're with has had a history that maybe is preventing them from experiencing the type of sex that you want to experience with your partner. And at the same time, maybe there's something in your past that maybe you should talk to your your you know, spouse or or your partner, or whatever you want to call them, maybe that's something you should talk to them about. So that, those conversations, they can be extremely awkward, and in most cases, they are almost terrifying to have, but we got to have them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree, because um, there's a lot of factors that come into that whole thing there like you said there could be some trauma that happened there could be child abuse 
Maybe you were sexually abused as a child. Um, maybe you were raped later on. I mean, there's a lot of things. Body shame is a big thing. Absolutely. Or maybe, yeah, you definitely have to talk about it. I think you have to talk about what your expectations are. You know, like maybe you're a horny bugger and you like need it all the time. And maybe that other person is not somebody that maybe they have a lower sex drive than you. And, you know, at the beginning, sure, everybody's, you know, hot and bothered in the beginning. And even somebody that has naturally a low sex drive, maybe it's a little bit higher because you're in a new situation and, you know, you're attracted to that person. And then as time goes on and, you know, then they, they kind of go into their, you know, what their natural way. Yeah. We get that routine down, you know. Yeah. This is the way they lay. This is the way they they start. I mean, everything turns, you, you get complacent and things just whatever. And whose fault is it? Is it your fault as the man? Is it her fault as the woman? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's, I've had that conversation before. It's like, well, you never try. I mean, it's, it's like, uh, I'm like, hey, I want to have sex. And she's like, well, you never try. Well, you never tell, you, you never seem like you want to. Those are the types of things that people get into after time. But talking about it on a regular basis with each other, it will, it will remove that weird, awkward feeling of is it okay to try? Is it not okay to try? Mm. Healthy, healthy, open conversation about whatever it is that you're doing. Now, I will say the the most awkward. You, know, you probably don't want to have the talk right after you have sex because that kind of gets a little weird. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think. I think you could. I think that's actually, I think that's kind of a good time because I think people are a little more receptive. Because you got all the feel goods going on. So maybe people are a little bit more, but you, you said it, it's all miscommunication. Well, you didn't say that you did and, but you didn't act like you wanted it. And I thought you were tired because, you know, and so there's that miscommunication. So we assume that we assume what they're feeling and whether they're open. And, you know, uh, you have to, I, I think that sex is sort of the, um, what's the word? It's like at the center of your relationship. That is, uh, that is the intimacy. That is the, I think that's one of the most important things in the relationship. I think that if that is good, the likelihood of surviving tough times in your relationship is way higher, way higher. And so I think that communication has to happen. Uh, you have, because if, <clears throat> If you're, you don't match up in your sex drive, that is not good at all. If you <clears throat> um, want to try something. Yeah, there are some pretty experimental people out there. And, uh, you know, that's, 
I think with age, you get more experimental because you're always trying to find that way to you know, just bring some excitement in, you know, try to change it up. You don't want to do the same thing over and over. Uh, you know, people start watching porn together. They start sharing fantasies together. Problem is when you start sharing fantasies with one another, people still have that fear, that, that fear of being able to tell their partner what exactly that they're fantasizing about. They're afraid they're going to be judged. Oh, they, they're going to think I'm weird or I'm some kind of pervert or some deviant or something, whatever it is. <laughs> it's like that Seinfeld episode. Did you ever watch Seinfeld? We did Seinfeld. Absolutely. Oh, really? Ah, well, there was this Seinfeld episode where Jerry was with this woman, and I think they came flying out of the bedroom, and she's like, you're sick. And he's like, what, what? And he had said something to her. I can't remember what it was now. But, yeah, I think there's that fear. Absolutely. I'm kind of curious. I want to try this. What do you think? But if you, you know, there's that fear of that. And I, I think that's so important that if to really be open and talk about that at the beginning of a relationship, because people are more open to talk. We're much more willing to bypass, ignore the red flags and, you know, and be more accepting of flaws and things like that. So this is a great time to talk about that. Look, I'm very sexual. I have a high sex drive. I like to have sex a lot. That's how I feel connected. Sometimes I like to try this. And then, you know, maybe you were a swinger in a past relationship and now you've met somebody new. There's so many things that you could do out there. And it really, I think it's absolutely necessary. I know from experience that you need to have a handle on what is your sex life going to be like with your husband, partner, lover, whatever the case may be. Because I think that I see sex. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? A Seinfeld hater. How can that be? I know, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that that is so, sex is so important and so linked. I believe that it is a spiritual connection between two people. And um, I mean, you got to be, you. it's got to be like copacetic. Like you've got to be on the same page with that. But face it, I mean, most most people would agree that it's the guy that usually says, Hey, why don't we try this? Why don't we try that? It's, it's typically left up to the man to, to bring that out. Um, I've seen a, I've seen a shift though. I mean, there, there is because of certain books that are coming out and movies that I won't mention because they're not paying us to promo for them. <laughs> um, there's books and movies coming out now that women are seeing and they're saying, Okay, they can be a little bit more bold in saying what they like or what they want. But for for a long time, men, you know, it's kind of been left up to them. And you leave it up to a guy, they're going to want one of three things. <laughs> they're either going to want a blowjob, they're going to want anal sex, or they're going to want a threesome. Those are kind of like the... <laughs> these are your choices. These are the default settings in, in I'd say, probably 98% of men. Oh, I agree. Yes, have been approached with all of those options, all of those choices. <laughs> and yeah, absolutely. Yes, Angela. 
that's a good way to put it. And um, yeah, that's right. And I think there is a change, I think, because society has it so much that you're not a lady if you talk about it. If you and if you act like you enjoy it as a woman, that you are a slut or you're just trashy. And that has been the standard. And, you know, it's the man that's sort of in charge or leads. And it's the woman that follows and, you know, she can, she, but she doesn't ever talk about it. Women are the nastiest people. If you go and watch male strippers, I have never seen women behave the way they behave, but yet they could be the ones that say something about other women like, oh, well, she's just nasty. These women are nasty. You know, it's what's funny is my mother-in-law gave my wife the best advice any mother-in-law could ever give their daughter. And that was uh, when, when we got married, she, I was sitting right next to her. She goes, the way to keep your man is to be a freak in the sheets and a lady in the street. My jaw hit the floor. It was the first time I ever heard that. And I was like, mom, I love you. <laughs> no doubt, eh? That was, that was like, thank you for setting up my marriage for the rest of my life. I appreciate it. Best mom-in-law in the world. Exactly. <laughs> I, you know, for that, just for that right there, if there's anything else that she could have done to, to make my life great, that was a thing that just kind of like, bing, you're going to have, it's going to be perfect now for you. Yeah. 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 I definitely think that, um, well, we posted that article on our Facebook page about three things men want in the bedroom. And, you know, it's really all women saying, uh, you know, taking the lead a little bit. And, you know, we have a hard enough time knowing what we want sometimes. Why do we have to put that out there and expect <clears throat> other people or other partner or the guy? Now, we're speaking from a heterosexual standpoint because that's all CJ and I know. So that we're speaking from that standpoint. Or at least I'm assuming. It, it, it can go either way. To be honest with you, it can really go any, either way. It, it should never be left up to just one person all the time to come up with the ideas. Um, yeah. And it have to be something that you fantasize o about over and over and over. It could be something right there in the moment. You feel the, you feel the need that you want to try, or you just feel the urge you want to try something. Tell your partner, be vocal, be, be, you know, let them know whether they're hitting that right spot or not. You know, let yeah. them, if you want to, you know, move over here because you think this might hit that spot a little better, whatever the case is, you know, open up and just, just have fun. You know, this is, this is something that we do for, for reproduction. I get it. The, the church would have us think that that's the only reason why we should do it. But if that was the case, damn it, it shouldn't feel good. We want to be able to do this for fun too. And in order to have fun with it, we have to celebrate it with each other. We can't just, you know, just have this little vanilla looking, you know, this vanilla sex life. Because that, that's no fun. After a while, it's no fun. People just stop. And there's no reason to stop. Right. 
That's a good point. If it was just for reproduction, there would be, I don't think there would be any feelings or sensations. You would just do it and you would have children and that would be it. If, you know, God gave us the urges for a reason. Um, and I think that when you open up, you could open up a whole new world that maybe you never knew and you just kind of went through the motions and just the regular stuff. And, but if one of you is thinking something, yeah, I, it's so important. You could be missing out on, a whole new resurgence in your relationships and you don't want to miss out on that. I mean, and that's like a, a strong connection. And I think for men, not men aren't as emotional or uh, as affectionate, outwardly affectionate as women are. And I think that's an opportunity for men to show their emotion and their attachment and their feelings to to their wife or partner, girlfriend or whatever the case may be. And denying that, I think, you know, I always say, say yes. Like if you don't feel like it, say yes, because you're kind of shutting down your partner and um, that's their opportunity for them to be close to you. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, it kind of reminded me of a story and I, this is, just bear with me. I'm not going to use any names here, but this story does have a point. I promise. So I'm at a party one night and a friend of ours uh, is me, my wife and my sister sitting at this table and a friend of ours come over and we start speaking, and he starts telling us about the thing that he wants to get a brand new Corvette. And he's all about getting it. Right. I mean, it's amazing car. I love Corvettes. I would probably go to the ends of the earth to have a Corvette. But he, he went to his wife and he says, I want this Corvette. And his wife says, absolutely, but there's something that I want to try. It's like, okay, what? He goes, she goes, I want to buy a strap on it and use it on it. That was one of Now, the story wouldn't be, wouldn't be finished right there. You would think that that would be, okay, so he didn't get his Corvette. Well, about three weeks later, we go over to his house to play poker because he has a guy's poker night. And I don't think he remembered telling a few of us this story because as we're walking through the garage, what's sitting right there to the right-hand side? Brand new Corvette. So he didn't actually say he did this, but it leaves you wondering. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. And it's it, the reason why I was telling that story is because it kind of gets back to that thing. I mean, when it, you know, when when someone says, "Hey, I want to try this," it, it, I mean, are you going to be okay with it? It, it kind of comes back to that. How does other how do other people perceive you? Now, if he did go through it, I'm not saying he did, but if he did go through with that, the the act of what he did, you know, him taking it from his wife doesn't have any gay indications whatsoever. So when people talked about, oh yeah, that's just gay or that's just that. And that's the reason why a lot of people don't share their fantasies with people because they're, they're afraid of that. Oh, you're gay because you like that from your wife. No, if you're gay, that's a relationship. That's not the sex. That's the relationship. And I think people get that misunderstood. They 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 take that relationship and they add it to the, the sex. They attach it to sex. And I think a lot of people have that 
problem being able to communicate with each other because of that attachment. What's, what's your take on that? Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. It has nothing to do with the act. It's everything to do with the, the person you're attracted to and what the relationship is. It's not the act at all. And yeah, I think that just like some women might not want to, um, admit, and I hate using that word because it makes it seem like what they did was bad, but some of them won't want to say that, you know, some won't say, I don't masturbate. No, I don't masturbate. You know, um, that it's the same with that, right? On, On that hand, I think there's a lot of things that, um, men wouldn't want to admit either. I think there's a lot more men than you think that would be curious about that or have tried it, but would never, ever say it. And, you know, it's that that's something that, uh, yeah, you definitely have to discuss with your partner. You could be missing out on a whole lot of things. But then, uh, you know, the person that 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 is an important thing to them, then they're being denied that opportunity as well. So communication. It's essential. Absolutely. <clears throat> Communicate with each other. Enjoy each other. That is that is the most important thing that I think we can take out of this. You have to be able to enjoy each other, not just what they do for you. Uh, you know, mo- you know, he maybe he does dishes for you that night. You know, celebrate that moment. Maybe she goes and does your laundry for you. Celebrate that with her. Find some stupid reasons to celebrate what you do for each other. And I guarantee you, you will be having a whole lot more sex and you'll be having a whole lot more fun. Well, that we yeah. are, we're coming up to the very end of the show. So where do we- We're going to have to talk about sex again. We are going to be talking about sex probably a whole lot in the show because for some reason, people seem to stick around and talk about that topic. Well, we got a couple of interesting things that we'll bring up later because we are going to talk about um, things like communication and relationships and authenticity. We're going to talk about polyamory. We're going to talk about whether you should stay in your relationship or whether you should go. Um, June is the month of relationships and there's five Thursdays. Well, even though this shows on a Friday, but there's five different topics we're going to talk about this month. So yeah, come back, stick around. If you have questions you want to ask that you struggle with, chances are CJ or I have gone through it or we both have, or we've had clients um, because we're both coaches. So, you know, we can give some input and some perspective on that because it is hard when you're, you know, that was a bad pun, but you know, when you're in the situation, you don't always necessarily see <laughs> So you can ask questions anonymously. We have that set up that way. If you go to our website, gritandgracetv.com, click on the ask a question tab and you can ask anonymously and we will get that and we'll, we'll answer it on our show because this show is to be honest and be real and cut through the crap and help people, help people and start the conversation because we both feel that sex being a big one of them in a relationship that should be talked about more what women want what men want what we can do together and how valuable it is to a relationship so join the conversation right yeah absolutely join that conversation tell us what you think 
tell us, you know, give your point of view. We love to hear your stories. Please uh, send your stories in. You can also do that right there on the Facebook page. We're trying to, we want to create a community where everybody can be part of this, this uh, grit and grace, not just us. We're, we're bringing it to you this way, just because we, we feel that we want to be able to share with you everything that we're doing. But we're not the only ones that can share. You can definitely share right there on the Facebook page as well. You know, be a, be a thought leader. Go ahead, step up, stand out, and do what you got to do. We're all here doing this, having fun together. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <clears throat> I so, agree wholeheartedly. Oh, absolutely. But until next time, everybody, you don't have to to be that perfect solution. Stay wild. Isn't it awfully nice to have a penis? Isn't it really good to have a dong? <laughs> and a stiffy. And we're clear.